Today's date is September 15th, 2017. Hello and welcome to Hit the Books Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you the saucy deets on everything comics this week. Emery, what have you been reading? Um, I haven't really had an opportunity to read much lately, uh, although I have read a couple of the issues of uh, Marvel's uh, legacy titles, and they're about exactly as I expected them to be. And that is? Uh, oh, how, how do I say this? It's pandering. <laughs> it's a whole lot of pandering to people who haven't bought comics before and are wondering exactly what these new people who are wearing these pre-established faces are. Um, It it would be one thing if these were out-of-place stories that were written well. They're not. (laughs) They're, They're not written well at all, and it sucks because this was the golden opportunity to pass the torch. Now, are these comics canon? Or are these just kind of like, here's a one-shot issue of traditional so-and-so with traditional so or new so-and-so? Um, as far as I can tell, these are being considered canon, unless it is explicitly stated otherwise. So what are are they doing a Wolverine one? Uh yes. <laughs> are they using Old Man Logan with X twenty three then? Is that what they're doing? Uh, or are they just I, making a random Wolverine I, to uh I, throw I, in there? I have not read that one in specific, but at this point I really wouldn't be surprised by them somehow pulling Wolverine out of the adamantium encasing that killed him. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, unless he just can't reproduce without oxygen, like, I don't, or he's probably not technically dead. He's probably just just continually asphyxiated. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, mind you, all of that was poured onto him, like, on the ground, so maybe you could tunnel underneath? Who knows? I mean, he was standing on a roof. He was standing on a roof because he—I think he had just killed somebody. Spoilers for Death of a Wolverine, which is like f- five years old. Yeah, at this point. But I remember he was standing on a roof, and there was the sunset going on because he had just killed what's his name, Sabretooth, or no, no. It was that doctor that was using the melted animantium from uh, dead people he was killing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then. It can't be Dr. Cornelius, was it? I don't remember. I don't know Marvel well enough. It was just a generic doctor guy to me. Yeah, like one of the many doctors who messes with adamantium because we love that metal. Um, Honestly, I want to read it just to confirm, but for like no other reason. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't remember there being a good reason for him being killed. Uh, I remember him... Having it poured on him, and then still killing whoever, and then walking out onto the roof slowly <laughs> as it's solidifying and staring into the sun, and then being frozen in place. 
Is anyone looking for a Wolverine statue? <laughs> Not that he could see anything. He's got <laughs> molten metal on it like over his face. over his eyes. Yeah. So molten I don't, metal. I don't know how he was conscious enough to just keep walking up onto the roof or whatever to see the sunset. Yeah. From the laboratory where the metal was, right. from what I remember. Yeah. Every form of sense that he would have would be being eaten away by liquid metal that's yeah. like encasing him. Uh, Usually, if you have to come up with a reason to kill a character, the story reason around it is not very good. And in that case, it definitely was not very good. Yeah. It was. We wanted to push X23 real hard. Now, Wolverine has died in other media, very uh, recent media. Yes. For movies we have yet to review. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that was done pro- appropriately. Yes, I d- that I was done the way that it should have been. I didn't like it, because I like the idea of Wolverine just being an immortal dude that just gets tortured throughout history. But <laughs> I like the way they did it. It made sense. Yeah. And that... it wasn't just to do it. Right. There, 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 was... there was good reasoning around why he died. Not. Yeah, there was a lot of subtext in that as well. More on that for the review. Um, <laughs> X-Men Legacy, Passing the Torch. <sighs> <laughs> the movie. And here's the thing. The movie did it exceptionally well. Very well, yes. Somehow, these comic book writers, who literally have a perfect example staring them in the face, still can't manage to do it right. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. Death of Wolverine came before that movie, though. The movie in question. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that being said, that that particular movie uh, took a lot from a lot of different Wolverine stories. Mm. Oh, well. Well, I haven't been reading much. Uh, I'd like to apologize to you folks. Most of the reason we've been taking so long to get everything out is because I've been busy uh, readjusting to my college schedule and uh, working and... Everything else surrounding this, including production, which you know takes me several hours, and then using my slow laptop to process it, which takes another several hours, and then uploading it to YouTube, which, if you're <laughs> familiar with Columbus, Ohio's internet infrastructure, it's not that great. Yeah, no. So uh, <laughs> it takes quite a while to get it on YouTube, especially if it's like an hour and a half, two hours long, like we usually are. Yeah. So I apologize for that. We got these new mic stands, and we got some new hookups going. Uh, we'll have a new soundboard next time. So things are uh, improving around here, and we're getting the pieces together piece by piece. Uh, and I got the I, – finally, our, our website was re-released from the prior host server. Yes. So now we can – I finally bought back our website. It's not up yet, so there's nothing to see. But I imagine either tonight or in the coming week, I'm going to sit down and – put everything together including our rss feed so we can uh post our podcast to uh stitcher and itunes and all that stuff so you can have it on the go and you don't always have to come to youtube or anything like that we do appreciate it if you come to youtube and like and subscribe because that will eventually hopefully mean we can monetize things at least a little bit and maybe make some of the money that we've been spending on this back because uh this is a passion project for us for sure, but it's very time-consuming, and it takes a lot of work, and it's cost us a lot of money just to get things going. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, look forward to that. Something very recently. <laughs> yes, very recently. 
uh, thanks to your uh, recommendations and you letting me borrow the comic. But uh, I have to say you were right. I don't remember if it's one of the podcasts that survived, but you previously talked about uh, uh, Miracle Man. Mr. Miracle, whatever. <laughs> whatever his name is. The guy I don't care about from DC. Well, guess what? I care about him now. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Mr. Miracle number one. And uh, that was awesome. That was not what I expected at all. Uh, you, you see Mr. Miracle, Barda. Uh, you have Mother <laughs> uh, mentioned, Dark Side mentioned frequently. Yeah. Uh, Orion shows up and. Uh, it's just a really cool, really unique comic, and I highly, highly, highly recommend you pick it up. Uh, there's a lot of hype around it right now, and uh, it's it's worthy of note. It's good hype, <laughs> and from a DC and Marvel fan that have been dealing with very underwhelming writing for quite a while on basically every line that isn't like a big seller. Uh, for gold and like i finally found a nugget yeah <laughs> it's like oh my god check this in out in a place you never would have thought you know right. in a <laughs> desert somewhere you know <laughs> where, where did this come from but uh no it's just it's excellent it's very cool it's intriguing the art style is cool the writing's cool and i have not had a comic book literally literally give me goosebumps on on the final page before and this this comic gave me goosebumps. I couldn't believe it. I've oh, not yeah. I've not been hit by a comic like that so subtly, and it was so simple the way they did it. Oh yeah, in a long time. <laughs> uh, and this is one of the few I would probably recommend you read digitally. Uh, I would say pick it up physically for your collection because it's going to be. Oh, it's probably going to be remembered quite fondly and probably worth something. Oh yeah, and you're probably I, gonna want to hang it. I personally looked for this like first print number one, yeah. and it it was gone. Really, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think that of a Mister Miracle comic ever, right? So, uh, I would definitely recommend for the reading of this, you use uh, Comicsology. I don't know how the top of sack is. I know some people use it, but yeah, uh, Comicsology kind of has like a cinematic reading style where it goes from word bubble to word bubble to word bubble and then shows the whole picture and that's like perfect for this because it just oh, yeah. it makes everything read perfectly it's almost like it was made for like mobile apps yeah it sure seems like it so uh that's the one comic i've really read <laughs> in the past uh, few weeks because i've been so busy um but it was great and thanks again for recommending that it was awesome let me borrow it oh, yeah. uh so I definitely got some uh, reading to catch up on. Oh. <laughs> and with that, let's get into the news. All right. All right. We'll start from the bottom. Uh, the Joker origin movie has yeah, been well, announced <laughs> as a project for DC led by Martin Scorsese, but not directed by Martin Scorsese, simply produced by Martin Scorsese. Uh, and it will be directed by Todd Phillips and co-written by Todd Phillips, who is famous for The Hangover. I mean, talk about starting from the bottom. <laughs> My God. It's a it's a comedy movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
which uh, uh, like I, I understand the logic behind it oh we're gonna make a movie about the joker yeah why not make it a cut no wait <laughs> did we forget what character we're making mm. uh, hold on <laughs> And it will be co-written by Scott Silver, whose writing credit is Eight Mile. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which oh my is God. based on Eminem's life. So, um, it's not looking too good. It's I, I like the idea around the concept where they're going to uh, make it in kind of uh, 80s Gotham City. But I... It, Joker is the one character for me that I hate when there's an origin for. I don't like the Red Hood origin story. <laughs> I don't like the what they did in Gotham where they made him a, a comedian that was bad at a mob for a mob family's venue, you know. I just don't I I think he's much scarier and much more I don't know intimidating as just this mysterious figure that just appears one day as the kind of antithesis of an opponent for batman you know yeah yeah the the thing that made the joker work so well in the movie the dark knight is that even when people are trying to understand him he on purpose obfuscated why the hell he was doing this where he came from like what what is his deal yeah it's like the the point of him or the best point of him is when he is basically this force of nature that you cannot control or predict. Yeah. I Now, if it's not an origin story, if it's just a singular out of the current DC Universe story about the Joker, I would love it if it was made in the style uh, from uh, the Joker comic written by... Uh, Brian Azzarello and that comic book uses the viewpoint of one of the henchmen for the Joker now the Joker convinces the asylum that he's sane enough to be out in public and he's been rehabilitated and they release him and he goes out into the public and almost immediately goes and reclaims his throne upon the crime <laughs> domination of Gotham City. And right. the henchman is the guy that goes and picks him up and escorts him around and everything. And everything is told from his point of view. And he he, he watches Joker just destroy this town. And, you know, he there's a part where he goes to a strip club to find <laughs> Harley Quinn and just starts murdering people for <laughs> looking at his girl. And Joker is... Uh, probably more of a kind of crime boss in that one than the stereotypical Joker we are familiar with. Right. But it's just a great comic. It has a very kind of mob mentality, kind of like old mob movies, and including the ending. And uh, I think that would be perfect for Martin Scorsese, especially if Martin Scorsese himself was directing this and not just producing it. Uh, I think if they took that comic book and ad- adapted it, into a movie, it would be awesome. Yeah. It would yeah, be confusing would. for fans because they're still keeping the Jared Leto Joker in the movies, Suicide Squad 2, the Harley Quinn spinoff, and probably a solo movie of his own, if not a Batman movie. Oh, my God. Which is ridiculous. DC just needs to stop. Uh, right? It, uh, uh, 
it's too much. There's just too much to keep track of now. We have the separate universes where we're going to have a Shazam movie and a Joker origin movie that's not the Jared Leto Joker. And then we're going to have, you know, the DC proper universe with, you know, the Snyderverse <laughs> still going <laughs> without Snyder, I guess, now. Uh, and then we still oh. have all the TV shows that are in completely different universes. Gotham, Supergirl, Flash Arrow, uh, Heroes of Tomorrow, which are all in different timelines now and don't make any fucking sense for continuity. <laughs> and then you're going to have the digital streaming app for DC <laughs> releasing more shows, specifically Titans, uh, <laughs> exclusively, which is just putting a death nail in their coffin before they even get started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so DC is just so all over the place, and I don't, I mean, I know they're having some limited success with kind of Flash, and obviously they make money with the movies, but I just, I feel like they're just <laughs> getting so spread and so thin that it's just going to fall apart at some point, you know? They're they're pl- trying to turn what Marvel had turned into a long game and turned it into a short game. They They want to... And I say this knowing full well that DC had kind of built up some cred with the show Arrow. (laughs) And, like, I I love the first couple seasons of that show. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like The Flash. I didn't like Arrow at all. Yeah, it's it's not for everyone. I thought it was sweet. It was very CW. (laughs) I'll say that. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um the thing with that is Marvel was very methodical and they had taken their time with all of these movies leading up to doing things like Daredevil season one. Yeah. They they had, they had plotted along. They had basically gotten everything in a row and they had, very smartly come up with a way to get more and more of their characters out there. Mm-hmm. What DC is trying to do is it's trying to do everything backwards. <laughs> uh, DC, outside of Batman, they've only been successful with television. Like, e- even the movie Man of Steel which, while successful, was still very divisive, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) And then even further with Batman versus Superman, uh, they have, again, gone about this backwards. And it would be one thing if they were to commit to just telling these two different worlds stories. Mm Mm-hmm. But now they've they've gone and made like several upon multiple. It's like, and I get it. Multiverse is a thing. Multiverse is a big deal for DC before you get to convergence, rebirth. <sighs> Don't remind me, please. <laughs> yeah, let's not go back there. Uh, but it, here's what's happening. They're they're bringing all of that, all of that multiverse fun, and that's before we get to the Flash movie, which is supposed to be Flashpoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
it's already setting up for a reboot. <laughs> it's not a good sign, folks. It, it, don't get me wrong. I will love to see Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Flashpoint Batman. I, I would love to see that. He would be a good Flashpoint Batman. He would be a good Thomas Wayne. But I mean, he he, he already is the he looks the Snyder part Th- Thomas Wayne. Yeah, and just bring him back one more time, and then let's maybe get things back on track with like how things get reshuffled after Flashpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next on the docket, we have uh, Brendan Thwaites. I think that's how you pronounce it. Brendan Twaits. <laughs> Twaits. <laughs> With an emphasis on the H. <laughs> Twaits. Twaits. <laughs> uh, will be starring as Nightwing in the Titans TV show, which, as we said earlier, is going to be on DC's proprietary streaming app in 2018. <laughs> it was originally docked for TNT, but I guess that's not the case anymore. Mm. Uh, <laughs> which really sucks, because that's just setting it up to fail. If any show deserved to be played on like national television, it's Titans. Yeah, it's probably the one TV show I've been wanting more than anything among all these DC things is either Titans or making it into a movie or something, you know. Right. But it it's it's just got no hope and it's yet again another universe that's not connected <laughs> to the other ones. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not really uh impressed so far. Uh, with uh yeah them putting it on a streaming app that really doesn't have much content to name of but you're gonna take your nightwing where you can get it (laughs) i don't know we'll see what the pricing is for the the application but yeah i mean you gotta think how many apps are out there and how many are people going to be nickel and dime for or like you got netflix you got hulu you got amazon prime you got uh disney's streaming app which is going to come soon and remove a lot of uh netflix's content probably yeah uh it's just and now you got each individual company trying to make their own app for everything you know and if you have a cable service of some sort whether it be traditional cable or you know like playstation view or sling tv or whatever all this stuff adds up uh you know if you've got spotify premium or whatever youtube red all these (laughs) things man they add up really quick and the, people are, people easily, are going to have to choose one or the other. You're not really... Yeah, that that could easily add up to another $100 a month. Yeah. Just and, on viewing all of these things that seem like almost impossible to completely keep up with. Yeah, there's only way, one way I would justify the DC streaming app, and that's if they brought back Constantine. <gasps> hashtag save Constantine. Hashtag save Constantine. <laughs> oh my god! I'm a Marvel guy, but god damn it, did I love Constantine? Yeah, oh. Matt Ryan in that show was just awesome. He, he was uh, perfect. He was perfect for the role. Oh, and they brought him back for some kind of Arrow crossover or something. It was just, oh. it made me miss him. They, they need they to make did, a movie. They, they did have not him starring Floyd. Keanu Reeves, but yeah. Matt Ryan. Oh, please, yes, he's perfect, oh. and he's British. Oh, he's actually British. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's actually Constantine. Um, he did actually get to voice that character in the animated Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and that's a good animated movie, by the way. Oh yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. Uh, next on the docket. Oh, before I forget. Brendan Twaits, for those who don't know, <laughs> assuming I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, right. Yeah. 
his fame comes from Pirates of the Caribbean, this last one. I think it was, I don't know if it's on Stranger Tides. Is that the last one? Yeah. That, that, was, uh, that was number five. Yeah. Uh, which I saw in theaters and I liked a lot. Uh, there's some cringeworthy moments, particularly from uh, the villain that you can't understand. <laughs> uh, and uh, because he's speaking with a colonial Portuguese, Spanish, you know, <laughs> lisp accent, you know, where they pronounce all their S sounds like F. <laughs> <laughs> and he's mumbling the whole movie, so it's really hard to understand what the hell he's saying. And, uh,. Yeah, it was a great movie. It was worth the watch. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and his character is probably the more likable of the characters in the movie, where his counterpart, the love interest, I guess, was very forced and very <laughs> artificial and did not look very good and did not play very well. <sighs> uh, but, yeah, uh, worth a watch. He did good, and I think if he gets a little muscle on him, he'll be pretty good in the role. Yeah, he's he's just got to get a bit jacked and hope that everyone forgets about Gods of Egypt. <laughs> was he in that? Yes, he was. Oh, all right. I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did most of America. <laughs> Next up on the docket, uh, we have Sony has picked up the rights for the reboot of The Crow. Which, pepperoni and fact, pepperoni. <laughs> uh, the professional wrestler Sting got his whole character and makeup directly from the crow (laughs) (laughs) and completely ripped it off Uh, thank you 90s which is why they look so familiar yeah also um can we please let brandon lee rest in peace (laughs) please (laughs) we don't need this i don't know i think it's it's been long enough i I think i don't think enough people actually saw the original one i think it's worth doing as long as it's done right. That that is my That's own, always the caveat. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. My caveat will always and forever be as long as it's done right. Yeah. Uh for those who don't know, The Crow is a great comic book and uh it was made into a movie in the late nineties, I wanna say. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And the movie is pretty good. It changed a few things from the comics. I like the comic a little better, but the movie is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh honestly It uh, was one of the first pretty good like yeah, not Tim Burton movies for <laughs> for comic books. Yeah, the crew kind of proved that it can be done, like a good comic book movie. Yeah, can be done in a kind of believable setting. Yes, <laughs> believable Albeit as with in supernatural things happening. But yeah, minor supernatural stuff. But it's just the darkness of Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next on the docket, we have. Uh, the Chinese comic market is breaking into the Western market from the company Tencent, all spelled with capital letters for whatever reason. Uh, they are going to add some of their comics translated in English to the comic app Tapas, which again, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, Tapas, which is, uh, the primary, uh, competitor with Comixology, which is run by Amazon since uh, Amazon bought them a few years ago. Uh, the books they're adding are Book of Yagoi, Fox Spirit Matchmaker, Cupid's Chocolating, whatever that is, <laughs> Jack of All Trades, and Zombie Brothers, which uh, all kind of sound like they're probably comedy books or something like Archie Comics or something. I certainly hope so. Cupid's Chocolating? <laughs> what in the world? Maybe there's some kind of underlying message there that... 
we don't want to touch on. But Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how that does. If you want to check that out, it should be coming, looks like, in uh, December. Looks like a lot of stuff in the comic book world is resetting in December, so... Uh, next up, James Gunn has announced that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming in 2020. So if you're looking forward to that, you have another three years and you'll have another Guardians. Hooray! Of course, you have a lot of other stuff in between. I thought Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it sucked, but it wasn't. It had so many cringeworthy moments, I just couldn't stick with it for a lot of it. The, the movie... <sighs> Mm. And I loved the first one, so I had kind of unrealistic expectations of yeah, this uh, is passing the torch to volume two. Yeah, they, they tried. It's just that they got very. I, I want to say in love with themselves, just like we did in the yeah, thing. Yeah, they were uh, definitely uh, winking at themselves a little bit too much. They were laughing at themselves a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was fun. It was fine, but I just, yeah, it just. I didn't like it that much. I wouldn't rewatch it if I had the choice. It just l- let me decide what's funny, guys. That's all I want. <laughs> and the only thing it was missing was the mandatory laugh track after every joke. <laughs> uh, next up on the docket, uh, probably my favorite news item. IDW is releasing its iBleed Comics magazine in Ooh. December. Uh, this is a idea that was funded via Kickstarter, so the first comic kickstarter project that i can think of that i remember uh, and it's finally getting off the ground and being published by idw and it's basically just going to be a, a magazine t- telling stories about journalism and comic book making and art and just interviewing artists and talking about how they gotten into the uh the, to the companies and how they set their careers and how they chose to write or chose to draw or pencil or ink or make digital art or whatever and it's just going to be the common stories of the comic book industry and talking about the new comics basically a lot of what we do and uh if that sounds like fun to you i recommend you go check out their kickstarter page and uh check out where you can pick it up hopefully at your local comic book shops i would imagine hopefully but i think that's a great idea and i'm definitely going to be picking up the, the first issue so uh hopefully uh they do pretty good with that i know magazines are kind of dying now but it yeah, might, it might be worth picking up along with your, you know, weekly comics at the f- first week of the month in December there. Yeah, uh, it would be nice to basically get another source of news. Yeah, I mean, beyond the Kevin Kevin Smith sources, you know, like Comic Book Men and uh, yeah. their their podcast, Fat Man and Batman, and uh, they got We Sell Comics and stuff. I mean, they, those are fine. Those are good. But if you don't, if you're not like attracted to their style (laughs) of joking around which is very vulgar and very kind of kind of masculine friendly (laughs) it's it's not quite as pc as you might like oh yeah Uh, (laughs) it's not something i would listen to with uh my grandmother in the same room right (laughs) um but uh yeah this beyond them and us there's really nothing out there that i can think of for reliable like comic sources you know to just go and enjoy the content and read it or write it or whatever. I mean, there's a few websites out there like Newsarama and stuff like that that do a good job too, but they're yeah, they're more kind of assault you with ads and <laughs> clickbaity. Ho- hope you don't leave. Yeah. yeah very clickbaity. So, uh look forward to that. Hopefully that'll be good. I'll, I re- I really hope it sticks around and becomes something significant and helps kind of 
reinvigorate the comic book industry. Get those hipsters into comics, man. Get them yeah. buying comics. Yeah. It'll yeah. become cool. <laughs> Got to hook them back. It, it's okay. It'll come back. Next up on the docket, we've already mentioned this. January 11th, 2019 is a day that will live in infamy. What's going to happen on that day? The Hellboy reboot. Ooh! R-rated reboot will be premiering. Uh, looks like Lionsgate is the one developing the movie and releasing it. it. Makes sense. And David Harbour is going to be starring as Hellboy. David Harbour, uh, the guy who you've probably seen in the show Stranger Things. And uh, I'm just speaking from personal experience. He's my favorite town sheriff. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I think it was originally slated for 2018, but it got delayed. And now they have an official lined up date. And they plan on doing shooting probably early next year. So that's that's pretty awesome. I love Hellboy. I love what Ron Perlman did with that role. Hellboy 1 and 2 are great. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you look at the photos, uh, we'll show you later in the show, uh, of uh, David Harbour dressed as Hellboy. It really does look like they tried to make him look as much like Ron Perlman as physically possible. <laughs> it really it really does look kind of like a younger Ron Perlman. I, I think they took a mold of his face and just put it on his face. <laughs> With some hair to hide it. <laughs> yeah. But he Which, looks badass. He uh, looks awesome. Uh, yeah, he looks like Hellboy. And I, I kind of wonder if... Uh, the guy from Mythbusters is involved at all in making the costume because he made both the Hellboy Ron Perlman style cosplay outfit, and then he made the uh, comics version for Comic Con. Uh, is it Jamie? No, Jamie's the mustache guy. Yeah. What's the other one? Um, was it Andy? Andy's no. name? No. I'm gonna think of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mythbusters guys. It's the redheaded guy with the glasses i always forget his name i don't know why because i watch his content untested all the time <laughs> uh we're gonna remember your name adam brain. adam that, yes yeah yes, that, that's what it was sorry adam uh, yeah i apologize at a brain fart forgive me yeah i'm sure you understand <laughs> <laughs> you you get things <laughs> uh next up on the docket marvel legacy is continuing with its uh scheduled to release a, up to 11 comics if not more in december so you got 11 new things. I'm not going to read them all to you because I'm going to read them to you the week they come out. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, you want to explain what the Marvel Legacy thing is? <laughs> I'm a DC guy. I don't know. Oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Marvel Legacy. If you are a longtime comics fan and are wondering what the hell are these new people doing taking up these old mantles for... Marvel Legacy is for you. Uh, if you are a new person getting into comics and wondering why the hell these people in the movies aren't in my comics and these other people are masquerading around as these people, Marvel Legacy is for you. <laughs> uh, yes, this is going to be basically a series of stories where we have Spider-Man swinging around with the other Spider-Man. Thor with Thor, Wolverine with Wolverine, Hawkeye with Hawkeye, etc., etc. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, uh, double your pleasure, double your fun, right? <laughs> Need me a stick of marble gum. 
No, I don't. I'll, I, I, I never want to chew on that. So I'm getting <laughs> from this, you don't have a great opinion of this idea. Um, or at least what they're doing with it. Again, <laughs> my one and only caveat for anything like this is that it's done well. So far, things like uh, the Marvel Generations title with Hawkeye, it, it seems like they're they're not taking the gravity of the situation very seriously. Hmm. Uh, like when you have panels where um, you have both of the Hawkeyes sitting around a campfire and girl Hawkeye is try- trying on guy Hawkeye's mask... And he's like, maybe you should just stick with the hip holes. And uh, the reply is, nah, I'm sticking with the mask. (laughs) 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 Guys. Guys. (laughs) If you're going to try to continually introduce these characters so that people somehow start to run with these ideas that you're pitching you need to do it better than this there are ways in which you could be making the torch passing of these characters something more momentous or monumental or just like a big deal yeah the kind of big deal that something like this is supposed to be they're not doing it uh. Oh well. it, it seems a lot less like how how would I put this? Uh what Captain America Steve Rogers was to Captain America Bucky and they're making it less like that and more like an extended take your take your child to work day. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty good description. <laughs> Like, Granted. God damn it. <laughs> uh, well, anything else to say on that? Um, there's one other thing that I'm going to say, and I will say it when we get to talking about the uh, the comics coming out this week, because there is a cover that should not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, Rocco's Modern Life is returning in the form of a comic book. It is going to be published by Boom Comics in December. Boom, clap, sound of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're looking for those nostalgic cartoon characters, once again, you can get them in comic form from Boom Comics, which is unusual because usually IDW is doing a lot of the yeah the nostalgic the, past yeah, stuff. Yeah, the old titles coming back. Yeah. And our final news item. We have new creative teams taking over the Justice League and Nightwing Comics. For Justice League, we have Christopher ugh, excuse me, Christopher Priest and Pete Woods stepping in. And for Nightwing, we have Sam Humphreys and Bernard Chang. Sam Humphreys has been a DC staple for a while. Bernard Chang, I think he's more famous for doing Marvel artwork. But uh, we'll see how they handle stuff. And uh, both of them are, seem to be promising some changes to the characters and whatever else. Good story writing like they always do. It's your typical press release, but Hooray! we'll see how they do. New teams. Uh, Justice League has been kind of underwhelming for me since Rebirth, uh, mostly because nothing makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nightwing has been good. 
And I love seeing Nightwing as Nightwing again and not as secret agent Tom King. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they've also been stymied by this whole rebirth reboot that these writers are stuck inside this stupid, <laughs> you know, nonsensical. There's Titans Nightwing and regular Nightwing and secret agent Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no consistency across them all. You know, it's hard. It's hard to pick and choose who's who and what's what since they did this whole merger world thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know how I feel about uh, Agent 37, as it were. Yeah. I uh, I liked the Grayson books. I thought it was a little goofy that he had a giant G on his chest. <laughs> and, Please shoot me right here. Yeah. And, it, you know, for a secret agent, he really wasn't very good at hiding his identity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, and seeing Nightwing with a gun holster and stuff is just kind of goofy, you know. I understand he was a cop once in Bloodhaven, but uh, it's just, <laughs> he, I didn't like that too much either. Yeah, yeah I that, mean you're the you're the son of a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, you don't have money stacked away somewhere. It was like I mean, you, you, you have immediately of, took to slumming it. I mean, maybe really? I get you're trying to like make your own path or whatever, but you have college degrees, <laughs> right? You, you have other things you could do. It, I don't know. There's this one big thing that, you know, we keep pushing. Make a new character. That is what the the Agent 37 should have been. Yeah. And what's funny is uh, his counterpoint, uh, counterpoint, uh, counterpart in uh, the Grayson books, not uh, not Huntress, but what, what was the other guy? It was the guy with the turban. Uh, he was like the kind of anti-hero part of the group. I know who you're talking about, but the name escapes me. Yeah, I can't remember his name for for the life of me for whatever reason, but he's made a new appearance in uh, Nightwing, and it's been pretty cool. And I've always liked his character. He is a new character, and he is very cool. I like him a lot. Uh, I kind of wonder if Tom King kind of made that character into him, basically, because he did work for the CIA and stuff, so... Maybe yeah. he was just an accountant. Maybe he's full of shit, you know? <laughs> he's like, I worked at the CIA. I know what I'm talking about. I don't know, but I'm not... F- beyond that, I'm not too familiar with Tom King, so... But he has written a lot of good stuff. He wrote some good stuff for Batman, and uh, he has some more stuff coming up with Snyder. Uh, so he he has some writing acumen, and I do like him. And again, as much as I hated the idea of Grayson and just having Dick Grayson do that in general... And a yeah. lot of kind of, you know, common sense just kind of taken out and thrown over here because, <laughs> you know, Dan Didio and <laughs> Johns just hate Nightwing for whatever reason. Uh, Tom King did well with what he had. So uh, look out for those two titles with their new creative teams. Hey. And, and that, my friends, is the news. Uh, let's see here. So... What comic books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. These are your new releases for the week. Remember, we get these uh, from freshcomics.us. Uh, we don't have our own thread right now. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the website. <laughs> and we don't have the time. So we use freshcomics.us, which is a great, great resource if you need a quick reference for your new releases. And we always use them. So uh, please check them out and give them some support. They don't they don't even have any ads that I can see on here. They're just a really good yeah, really good listing website, and they probably use an RSS feed, but they do a good job with it. So check them out, freshcomics.us. First up on the docket, uh, Marvel Comics. We have all new Guardians of the Galaxy and the Magic Egg. 
<laughs> it's not the magic egg. It's just the cover. <laughs> Next, we have America, number seven. Oh, no. We have <laughs> Avengers, number 11. We have Doctor Strange, number 25. Can we update his costume, please? <laughs> we gave him a movie. Let's update the costume. Uh, we have Generations, Miss Marvel, and Miss Marvel, number one. Oh, hooray. Which seems to just be legacy, but it, calling it Generations. Or... It, yeah. So it's it, the same thing, just repeating? It, yeah, it's it's a part of the like the the legacy like overarching thing that they're doing. <laughs> All right. right. Again, it's <clears throat> basically take your kid to work day. <laughs> uh what? Miss Marvel, the the old Miss Marvel. She she looks like the mom from that seventies show. <laughs> like what why did they make her look like that? She's not that old. Uh you should see the other comics What's where she that hair, man? looks like a dude. All right. They, 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 I don't I, mind like the short crop hair like a dude, but like this <laughs> looks like the mom from that 70s show. Yeah, the the, the classic classic Miss Marvel. Yeah. Super duper classic. It's it's pretty derpy. I don't know. Yeah. Next up we have uh Invincible Iron Man number 11. We have Jean Grey number 7. Uh fun news there. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Jean Grey, the proper one, is coming back for some reason. No. We need another fucking Phoenix storyline <laughs> before Fox releases their Dark Phoenix trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Stop it. <laughs> Quit it. Please. <laughs> Let her be dead. Let her rest. <laughs> we brought the one from the past to the future. Come on. Next up, we have, <laughs> we have Journey to Star Wars. Wait, what? The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma, number two. Journey to Star Wars is the title of your books. Go fuck yourselves, you fucking nerds. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just simplify the names. It, you just should have called it Captain Phasma. That would have been fine. That would have been perfect. Next up, we have Luke Cage, number five. We have Monsters Unleashed, number six. I'm surprised that's still going. Is it for real? Yeah, I thought number six. It's on there. Oh god, we're doing events in the middle of other events. What the shit? <laughs> we have Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number four. We have Royals, number eight. We have Spider-Man two, oh, number three. Yep, yeah, this is what I was talking about. Now this cover. <laughs> this is. This is a super awkward looking, like kind of rapey cover. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not making a joke of rape, but this cover it kind of looks like Senior Spider-Man is kind of like it, molesting it, Miles Morales. It, yeah, it, it's not. It, yeah, it's whoever, weird. Whoever drew this, I I don't know what your deal is, but quit it yeah it's like miles morales is a child like this maybe he's like full nelson yeah like he's like yeah. grasping his breast and just kind of like rubbing him <laughs> while miles is like get off yeah, yeah that, I, I don't know what this is it, supposed to be it's super awkward and it just it looks bad guys yeah. we don't have a uh worst comic of the week segment <laughs> but if we did but if we did uh, the, the... this cover might be the worst comic cover of the week it, oh, just because it's God. so weird, it's it just like, it just looks so awkward. Yeah, I mean, right next to it is a variant cover that 
just should have been the regular cover. Yeah, the variant cover looks very good. Yeah. Uh, oh. Says. Says connecting cover. Uh, next up, we have Star Wars Annual, number three. We have Star Wars Poe Dameron, number 19. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number 11. This is one I actually heard a lot of good things about. Cool. Um, have you picked any up? No, not yet. But from what I hear, it takes place in basically an alternate timeline where uh, the 90s X-Men are still... Well, it, it takes place in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But uh, this is back when Spider-Man was an adult, was married, had a child... And the story is basically about them, like Spider-Man and Mary Jane, who's also a spider lady who goes by the name of Spinnerette. Uh, they're taking their child to Xavier's mansion for schooling. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, does her kid have superpowers? Is that why? Yeah. Okay. And the story just goes from there. That's pretty cool. That's a good concept. I like it. Yeah. It's see, it's nice when characters actually grow <laughs> and develop, <laughs> right? You know, it's instead like, of it, just rebooting them constantly or like replacing them with more diverse versions of the same thing, right? Or adding more Bat or Spider Men, right? That, that's know? what the om- omnibuses are for. Yeah, it's it nice like, to see these characters grow and develop and have a family and stuff. You know, yeah, it's like I, I we need more of that. That's we, a cool concept. We, we need to we need books that make something like that okay yeah next up we have totally awesome hulk number 23 we have u.s avengers number 10 we have venom number 154 wow didn't realize there have been that many venom comics all right we have venom verse number three we have X-Men Gold, number 12. And that wraps up our Marvel comics. From DC, we have Aquaman, number 28. We have Batman, number 31. We have Batman the Red Death, number 1, which is one of the metal tie-ins. We have Interesting. I haven't read any of them yet. I don't know what to think of them. But it seems kind of weird <laughs> that we're just going to have all these evil bat people show up because we I need more guess. Batman characters. <laughs> uh, we have Batwoman, number seven. We have Future Quest Showcase, number two. Space Ghost, coast to coast. Ooh. We need to bring that show back. Uh, please? <laughs> we have Green Arrow, number 31. We have Green Lanterns, number 31, and we're basically repeating the Emerald storyline <laughs> with uh, Simon Baz instead of uh, Hal Jordan there. Again, we already did that. We don't need Ring Crazy one more time. We have Harley Quinn, number 28, because of course we do. Uh, we have Injustice <laughs> 2, number 10. Read Injustice. It's good. Uh, I haven't read the new one yet, but the old ones were awesome. Uh, Justice League number 29. Again, kind of underwhelming since the rebirth stuff. Uh, but maybe you want to check it out. We have 
Nightwing, number 29. It's another uh, metal tie-in. Looks pretty cool, though. I love the cover. Uh, We have Super Sons, number 8. We have (laughs) Superman, number 31. We have Wildstorm, number 7. Read Wildstorm because it's awesome and Grifter is awesome. Uh, We have Trinity, number 13. And to finish it off, we have Wonder Woman slash Conan, number one. All right. Dynamite has a bunch of variants. I'm not seeing anything new. She's definitely not seeing anything new. And we have nothing new. Uh, From Image, we have Angelic, number one. We have Bitch Planet, triple feature, number four. Hey. We have Gasolina, number one. We have Generation Gone, number three. We have Horizon, number 14. Death by Cell Phone. Ooh, nice. We have Invincible, number 140. Read Invincible. Read Invincible. (laughs) Uh, We have Kill the Minotaur, number four. We have Mirror, number eight. We have Snot Girl, number seven. We have Thought Bubble Anthology, 2017, number six. Okay. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. We have Violent Love, number eight. Violent, not Violet. I made that mistake in my science course when I was a kid. <laughs> I thought it was Violent Light because it hurt your skin. <laughs> Gave you sunburns. Ultraviolet light. It was violet. Uh, violet. <laughs> I just thought it was mean. B- yeah, because elementary we can't school. Ultra purple. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. For IDW, we have variants, 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 variants. So Nothing about variants. Variants all the way down. From Boom, we have Adventure Time Comics number fifteen. We have. Big Trouble and Little China, Old Man Jack, number one. Yes. <laughs> we have Bill and Ted, Save the Universe, number four. Sweet. We have Go Go Power Rangers, number three. We have Misfit City, number five. We have Over the Garden Wall, 2017 special, number one. And The Unsound, number four. And I think... I think that's pretty much it this week because there's not a lot of non-variant stuff. Dark Horse, we have Aliens Dead Orbit, number four. We have Black Hammer, number 13. Department H, number 18. We have Halo Rise of Atriox, number two. And I did confirm, by the way, since the last podcast, that Atriox is the hammer dude from uh, the Halo series. From Aftershock Comics, we have Black-Eyed Kids, number 14. We have Unholy Grail, number 3. From Vertigo, we have Bug, The Adventures of Forager, number 4. Bug! I am but a bug to the gods above. (laughs) For those of you that are Justice League fans, the animated TV show. Hey! We have... Archie's Funhouse Comics Double Di- Digest number twenty eight. Pick that up at your local grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. All right. 
And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Go pick them up. Give them a read. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing, award of cover of the week and variant cover of the week. You know, it's kind of ironic that uh, for our variant covers of the week... It's never from the companies that only produce variant covers. <laughs> you would think you that would they think would they have would like have the, the highest, highest chance. Yeah. yeah. But was... nope. They they lose out every week. Yeah, I don't know what it is. And they it's, just it's they your... don't pop. I mean, unless you want some <laughs> Vampirella boobs. Uh, I mean, which it, let's be honest, if you're buying Vampirella, you're buying boobs. That's that's pretty much all you got for the, <laughs> for a lot of them. <laughs> right. All right. Well, our award of cover of the week goes to Nightwing number twenty nine by once again Stepan Sajic, who has made an appearance previously on one of our podcasts. Hopefully, one of the ones that survived. Yeah, uh, his his artwork is great. He did a really cool looking uh, cover for Nightwing number twenty nine, and it kind of gives me. I know it's for that metal tie in that we were making fun of, but it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty neat. Got what looks like Mister Freeze there too. Uh, Nightwing looks pretty rugged. He's kind of got the chin beard going and, uh, the long hair and he's kind of wearing more of a bat suit than his typical, you know, leotard looking (laughs) Nightwing outfit, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I could always do with a more armored look. It reminds me a lot of kind of, uh, the Witcher. Yeah. Just the way he's standing and kind of getting through the water, some kind of swamp or something, you know? He's like slowly plotting towards something that he has to kill or just beat the shit out of yeah it looks it just looks cool yeah all around the background is cool the four image is cool the artwork is cool it's cool seeing nightwing and a kind of grizzled look yeah uh, it's like he's normally the pretty boy but in that one he just looks like a, a rugged dude yeah it looks pretty cool and shout out to tim seeley who writes that comic he he's been writing good nightwing comics for a while hey uh, and that's including new 52 i believe uh, and for our variant cover of the week, our award goes to Invincible Iron Man number 11, the Venomized Doctor Doom cover. And this one just gets the award because it looks awesome. Uh, it's, yeah. It's something I would frame on my wall. Doctor <laughs> Doom as Venom just looks so <laughs> stellar with the metal face and the tongue and the teeth. And just... It, just imagining like an armored Venom that for some reason got like a hooded cloak. Yeah. <laughs> just decided to takeover let it makes no sense whatsoever it's it, on an iron man comic for god's sake right <laughs> and nothing about this makes sense but it looks cool so yeah. it gets the award yeah it looks great it actually looks like one of those uh those cards from the 90s yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. it has that like, i collected those cards yeah it has that like weirdly like ultra realistic look to it yeah just like the way that it's shaded and whatnot yeah i wish i knew where those were because i i actually love them i would collect them all again i oh, know yeah. like people just have them but yeah. i thought they were cool looking yeah they put that art on the cover of comics like a month ago or really? something yeah it's awesome it was great artwork too yeah they... uh, i don't know what mine probably got thrown out when my mom died but i don't know i had yeah. a big box of them i loved them so uh, shout out to Eddie Granoff, who uh, was the illustrator for that cover. And it looks like it took a good deal of work. There's a, there's a lot of different color shadings in there. No, oh, yeah. It, it's definitely not a digital piece. At least it doesn't look like a digital piece. 
if it is a digital piece, you did a good job hiding it because it, it looks excellent. Yeah, uh, very well done. So sh- shout out once again to Step and Sajic for Nightwing number 29, and shout out to 80 Granoff for Invincible Iron Man number 11, Venomized Doctor Doom cover. And for our new uh, friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic, and if we have a guest, which we should have next week, uh, they will also bring a topic to the table that we will talk about revolving around comics in the world of comics. Emery, what is your topic? My topic is one that it took me a while to come up with, but uh, now that I think about it, it actually should have been way more obvious. Uh, This is the concept of torch passing. Which is kind of funny, given that Marvel is deep in the throes of that right now. Human uh, Torch? No. Oh. <laughs> I had hope. Uh, yeah, I had hope too. And then Fan Force Stick happened. <laughs> um, specifically, the torch passing that happens in the movies, like things with uh, Batman. Like we've had. Michael Keaton, and to a much lesser extent, Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Mm -hmm. Skipping over those, uh, there was Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. And now we have Ben Affleck. Uh, Ben Fatfleck. (laughs) Fatfleck. Just kidding. Affleck. He's he's fine. He's a good Batman. He he is. I'm excited Uh, for the Batman movie just because of him. I don't like him as Bruce Wayne, but he's a good Batman. Yeah. Um, But with characters like that, uh, in those movies, passing the torch to another actor, how that can, in some ways, uh, affect how that character gets changed in comics. Like, uh, I remember specifically when Christian Bale took the role as Batman, that a lot of what happened with uh, the Batman characters was very much like put in line with that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh quite a bit of it to its uh to its well, benefit. It, it even kind of accelerated Joker after yes. <laughs> uh The Dark Knight. They really accelerated Joker into a much more edgy, much more uh scary character, I think. Much more adult character for sure. Yes. And it was it was right around the time of Dark Knight that they made the death of the family arc yeah where he cut off his he had doll was a doll maker i think it was doll maker cut off his face so he could strap it back onto his face after hanging it on a wall or whatever <laughs> and he had this right. like artificially like stretched skin or whatever is like, which is kind of goofy and doesn't make medical sense whatsoever right Wearing unless, your unless own... joker is some kind of supernatural thing that we just don't realize yet right but uh wearing his own face as a mask uh it was scary i mean i, I don't I, as unbelievable as it is, it was intimidating. <laughs> you know, yeah. see this like fleshy like gaps in between his his own mask of his own making, and yeah, it was like definitely the kind of thing that uh, you hope and pray to whatever it is you believe in that yeah. you never see that down a dark alley. And I think a lot of that it, in a different, ugh, in addition to uh, Scott Snyder making his choice there. Uh, I think that was a big 
part influenced by how dark and scary Heath Ledger was as the Joker. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and even with the recent Baffleck, <laughs> we had uh, the Dark Knight Returns 3 coming out and being pushed very strong by DC Comics. Not very good, mind you, but yeah, uh, it kind of... R- r- brought back the old fat bat the old fat bat from the <laughs> 80s you know so uh yeah, yeah there's definitely a, a line there yeah definitely uh, i always thought that uh it was interesting how they would do things like that like with uh for example iron man and iron man 2 we get a different roadie <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, uh, the way that they did that was very kind of tongue-in-cheek. And it's like, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. Yeah. <laughs> A little wink at the audience for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think the at that time, weirdly enough, uh, for some reason in the comics, uh, War Machine as a character was much more machine than man. And as a result of people really liking Don Cheadle as War Machine, they... I didn't like him. I, I mean... Take <laughs> people <Malibu>. tolerated him. <laughs> I wanted Terrence Howard. He was good. Should have <laughs> stayed Terrence Howard. It... Should still be Terrence Howard. <laughs> Instead, he's doing a show about a record company on some station. I, I, yeah. CBS, maybe. I don't know. He he couldn't take being uh, playing second banana. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. I heard that maybe he was a prima donna and wanted too much money, and it like Robert Downey Jr. did. Uh, but I've also heard the opposite, where it was like Terrence Howard just like was fine with it, but they wanted to replace him for some kind of image thing because they didn't realize they were going to make him into War Machine yet because they didn't realize it was going to be successful. So right, I don't know. I don't know what the real story is. It's probably something in between. But yeah. The the truth is usually stranger than fiction. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the the interesting part of that was uh, in the comics they had basically crafted a way to take this character who had just become more and more machine, like replacing more and more of his parts, and turn him into like back into a fleshy dude who just wears a suit again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, what they did with the Joker in the comics, really good example. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know they yeah. did it with Tim Burton's too, because when uh, the first Tim Burton Batman movie came out, I remember every comic that I was getting uh, post those two movies was very much inspired by (laughs) tim burton's style yeah everything was drawn like a tim burton movie all the suits kind of looked like a tim burton movie the yellow batman symbol became prominent again yeah the 90s were not the best times for comics in general so once the clooney movie came along we were just like way out (laughs) way out there with the new batman ideas but uh we we kept getting new suits (laughs) yeah so there there's definitely something to be said about the connection that they make from the movies to the actual comics, which I, is understandable because they're trying to capitalize on that and try to sell more comics that way. Oh, yeah. But to me, as the adult 
lifelong comic collector and buyer and you know reader it's kind of like i don't know alienating yeah it's like you're you're supposed to be the source material for these movies you're supposed to be what these movies draw from not the other way around yeah and when you kind of just cash out and just (laughs) copy the movie essentially (laughs) i to me it feels kind of dirty and kind of gross and kind of lazy it and, was like uh, instead of being consistent with yeah. this character. And it kind of hurts the comics, in my opinion, and the movie adaptations that come afterwards because now there's less material to draw from, you know? Right. And sometimes that works out because then you get an original version of the character, like with the Nolan films, but a lot of times it's not the case. We we got to remember, before the Marvel Universe and the uh, the Chris Nolan universe there was a lot of misses <laughs> and i mean it wasn't even close the number of hits to misses is outrageously oh <laughs> outrageously different yeah uh, like there's like maybe five different roger corman fantastic four style movies yeah to every like one blade yeah and even the first punisher movie which i still like i like that movie i think it's a good movie <laughs> Uh, even that first Punisher movie with its kind of goofy, you know, parts, you know, that yeah. come from late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, that was like the pinnacle <laughs> <laughs> of comic book movie making up to that time. Maybe you can include Superman 1 and 2, which are super corny. I don't know uh, if you're into that. Y- yeah. Uh, there's uh, still the Tim Burton Batman 1 and 2. Which the, the first one is okay, but kind of hokey still and car- cartoony. The first couple X Men movies, uh, uh, yeah. The first X Men movie, the second one came out what two thousand three. No, it was before nine eleven. Uh, uh, we talked the about this X-Men before. Movie? No, the first one. Oh, oh yeah, the first one came out in two thousand. And then there's two. There's the Spider Man movie, which was probably the best one <laughs> of the group. Maybe X Men too, but if you want to count that far away. But by and large, there really wasn't. You know, making a comic book movie was not just an instant cash out. You know. Oh yeah, the, those were like these, huge gambles. These producers back then. had to really consider. You know, what's going to happen if we dump a bunch of money into these movies and because of that a lot of the movies ended up having smaller budgets and being a lot smarter about how they were filmed yeah so uh i think that's a little bit of a problem now where we're just dumping too much and just counting on it being a huge success which it will be regardless because yeah we're hungry for it we want it so yeah the the difference between financial success and critical acclaim is slowly becoming more prominent uh, so what's your opinion overall on passing the torch from character to character? Uh, my opinion overall is... At least in the movie universe. Yeah. In the movie universes, I would honestly like to see more continued stories. Like going back and doing something like um, what they did with Spider-Man where like after the third one... Instead of going to a fourth one where we could possibly have gotten Carnage, uh, we went to Andrew Garfield, who I think did well with what he was given. Unfortunately, what he was given got worse by the second time around. Um, 
That is a story that, uh, well, that is a series of movies that could have actually become pretty phenomenal had they, one, stuck to the same universe instead of rebooting, mm-hmm. and two, drew more from the comics instead of trying to retell the same stories over again. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of strange in that regard because they didn't give him any time to inherit that mantle, you know. They really they, didn't. They, I mean, they made that movie right after Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And, I mean... It wasn't. It wasn't even a short gap in production time. I mean, it didn't come out for another like couple, two, maybe three years or whatever. Yeah, and they did that because it's contractually obligated for Sony to maintain the rights. They have to keep making Spider-Man products to maintain the rights. Yeah. Otherwise, it goes right back to Marvel. But, um, yeah, I think that one was probably the worst example of inheritance. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe beyond like it, Val Kilmer into like George Clooney. Yeah, that th- those are good examples of bad torch passing. Yeah, so I think those are done way too hastily. Uh, just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that weren't big in the comics went to that movie going like, "Who's this guy? Like, what? Why are they retelling us the same story?" You know? Right. So, uh, like we've seen Uncle Ben die. Once I think we didn't need to see that again for sure. I think when it comes to like passing the torch, there's got to be a little bit of time. Uh, Although DC went about it terribly (laughs) and the way they wrote the movie, made the movie and released the movie, they gave enough time between Nolan and the Batman V Superman movie to allow people to kind of like let Christian Bale fade away a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It it was smart on, on their part to start with Superman. Yeah. Even though (laughs) we, we both know how I feel about that movie. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Good parts. (laughs) There are good parts. Completely false advertising. One horrible scene with a tornado. (laughs) And, uh, that Again, completely the ruined the, I hate that scene so much. <laughs> it ruins everything about Superman for me. I hate that scene. It's the, uh, the worst thing they could have done. Yeah. Uh, they they should have stayed with the heart attack. Uh, or just not killed him. You don't have to kill him. You, yeah, you, you want really the, don't. I see you want the plot point. But there are other ways of instilling in Superman that I'd rather die he, in the he, tornado. <laughs> even though you can easily save me. And everyone's seen you like do super Lift the stuff. bus already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there are other ways of instilling the the moral. Uh, you can't possibly save everyone. Ugh. There are other ways of doing that. I, I, I that the advertisements for that were so good. <laughs> like they hit that perfect note with the music. The, ah, and he's floating in the water, and they're kind of making like the kind of Jesus imagery or whatever. It's just like which they really like hit you over the head yeah. in the movie. And the big thing produced by Nolan. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm drooling. I'm like, oh yes, it's like they're oh finally my God. gonna do it. They're it gonna do like, it right. Like Nolan's take on Superman. It was not what I wanted at uh, all. Shit, it was. It's it's very much directed by Zack Snyder. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I what? wish I could get what they were advertising. I wish I could see the movie that they were advertising to come out because that was not the same movie. Uh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are some good examples other than Batman being 
having the torch passed. Uh, th- there's a good example, hilariously going back to Spider-Man, uh, going from Andrew Garfield to Tom Holland in a really, really well done Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I I I I don't know if enough time had been allowed at once again. It, yeah, so it was a little awkward the, for me. But that, that's the thing with that. Uh, they managed to take what wasn't nearly enough time to get the taste of Andrew Garfield out of our mouths. Oh yeah, because we yeah. all want that taste in our mouth. Tom, <laughs> uh, and for us to be given this fresh take on Spider Man. Yeah. And, and it's a great movie. If oh, you haven't seen it, yeah. see it. It's like it's very on, good. On top of this being a torch passing to the type of Peter Parker we've all kind of known we've wanted but never gotten, mm-hmm. uh, it's also a great movie. That also helps a lot. Yeah, <laughs> if you have a good movie. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hard to mess up. Yeah. As long as you have maybe a year or two in between at least. Yeah. You know, uh, I think what... I think the absolute worst example of transitions for me was the Hulk. Oh, we didn't have one. We oh. didn't have two. We had three. We had three Hulks, <laughs> all of which are canon in the same universe. Oh, I mean, you had oh my what, God. you had Ed Norton. You have what, Mark Ruffalo. Who's the one before those two? Oh, Who's the first one? The first one, Eric fucking Banna. Yeah, that guy, whoever he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that movie was cool because it had uh, Velvet Revolver in the soundtrack. And that and was, was the only awesome reason. Song, Set Me Free. <laughs> yeah. And then they had uh, another soundtrack in uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, they did. Uh, come in and come out, I think. It, was that the Silver Surfer Fantastic Four? I, or was uh, that the first Fantastic Four? I want to say it was the first one. It makes sense. Uh, both those movies came out around the same it was time. It's like 2004. Five-ish, I think. Yeah. Makes sense. But uh, rest in peace, Scott Whalen. Uh Rest in peace. But uh, that was the worst transition, I think. Because even though they're supposed to be in the same universe, I don't see why you would make them the same universe. <laughs> uh, I, I think technically the, the Ang Lee-directed one with Eric Bana doesn't count. Really? As far as I know. Oh, I thought it was canon because Edward Norton one starts after all those events. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they don't did... do the origin story again. I'm pretty sure they did that as a way of not confusing the audience. Yeah, which makes sense. That's probably the smartest thing you could do. Yeah, but uh, what what doesn't help is when your General Ross is different. Yeah, that's a big change. And then we somehow managed to keep him years down the line for Civil War. Yeah. (laughs) And with Mark Ruffalo's version, he doesn't even get his own movie (laughs) to, like, just be him and represent. He he is a tag character in The Avengers. Yeah. And he makes, like, one cameo in an end credit scene, I think. Yeah. That's his introduction as the new Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. Immediately after Incredible Hulk. You know, the only movie that might show him kind of doing his own thing, it's not going to show him doing his own thing, is yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And that, again, is someone else's movie. That's the closest you're going to get, probably. Yeah. But and 
Yeah, that definitely sucks. I don't know. <sighs> it was hard to deal with. It was as a fan who saw all these movies and didn't hate them. Yeah. I, I like the first and second one. It was fine. I like his cameos. I think Mark Ruffalo does a good job, but it was I just mean, so they they, they use so him weird. well as a side character. It's yeah. unfortunate that that's what they've relegated him to because the Hulk deserves so much more than that. He's like the one character who has the elemental Jekyll Hyde disease. Yeah. Like as writers would call it. It's like he, this is the character that literally has to spend every waking moment worrying about the next time he's going to lose it. Including wearing a watch when he has sex. So his heart rate doesn't go too high. Yeah. Which is one of the dumbest scenes of all the movies. I think that was the I think that was the Ed Norton one. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was that so was, goofy and th- stupid. That that was a Ugh. way that we could as audience members in the eyes of the writers, that was a way for us to quantify like what is and isn't okay yeah. for him to do. That was such a cringe worthy scene. It's uh, so dumb. Ugh. Ed Norton, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you signing up for this? Uh, I, I think that uh, that was probably the... I would say the straw that broke the camel's back, but that was just the one straw. That uh, movie did have my favorite Hulk moment, though, where the, uh, the pre-abomination walks up oh, to him yeah, tough, the, like, the, go ahead, come at me, bro, and Hulk <laughs> just kicks him into a fucking tree. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Blonsky. Breaks every bone in his body. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. That, like, that was easily my favorite, most favorite Hulk scene out of all the movies, including the modern Avengers ones. Yeah, that, that movie actually had something that I thought was really cool to see much later down the line in... Uh, Captain America Civil War when uh, they would have characters like uh, Black Panther, uh, Captain America, and Bucky running on foot faster than the cars around them. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, The first time that they did that was actually in the Hulk with Blonsky, just like all the other soldiers are running. And for some reason, you see this guy who's practically a speedster. Yeah. Just like running past all of them. Because they were, was it they were trying to replicate what he did with the the Hulk radiation? Uh, or was it more of a they, soldier, super soldier serum type thing? It was a super soldier serum where they actually referenced Captain America. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> I thought it was a serum, but I couldn't remember exactly because he eventually becomes Abomination. Yeah. And I think that is through the Hulk process of gamma radiation or whatever. Yeah, it's the the gamma radiation mixed with that serum, according to the movie, that turns him into the Abomination. Gotcha, Because gotcha. he's already got the thing in him. Yeah. But, yeah, they did a lot of good things with that movie. And I thought they did a lot of good things with the first movie. I think people gave that movie too much I don't know, flack for being boring in the origin story, like, setup. Because it, it was a kind of long, drawn-out setup. But once he becomes the Hulk and things get going, it's pretty cool. Oh, know. yeah. He's it's throwing like, tanks around. Yeah, you I... got Velvet Revolver in the background. <laughs> and Nick Nolte as... Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't bad. I don't know. He gets a bad rap, like the first Punisher. Yeah. Know. But, uh, Were there any yeah. other examples you wanted to talk about? Um, I was trying to think of. Well, uh, uh, we. I mean, we got two big ones coming up with uh, the new Spawn movie from McFarlane. 
yeah we're gonna see how that goes i i didn't i thought the first movie's kind of goofy i know a lot of people like it but i don't know oh it's goofy it's kind of a cult classic but i i don't i'm not a fan <laughs> of the first spawn movie yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so we'll see how that torch has passed there's definitely been enough time for that one. Oh yeah and then we have <laughs> hellboy which is probably the big one. Oh where yeah, that, yeah yeah for hardcore fans it's cool that's gonna be r-rated because that's what it needs to be you know yeah but uh, going from ron perlman who is everyone's favorite to david harbour uh this yeah. is going to be quite the test of like he's, how this kind of torch can be passed. For sure. He's got some big shoes to fill. Yes, yeah, he I does. Mean, it's, it, it's not quite this level, but it's like trying to fill in Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker shoes. Yeah. You know? like, and we saw how that went. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I saw how it went. I, uh, <laughs> I refuse to believe that's a bad movie, and I, <laughs> I am not going to see Suicide Squad. I'm just going to run under the assumption that the advertisement was true to the movie and that it was great and a lot of fun and made all the sense <laughs> if i have to sit through it one more time Granted, just I for you to watch it once i, I didn't will like do jared it. leto's joker at all in the advertisement so <laughs> if i didn't like him in the advertisement i don't know how much i'll like him when he's barely in the movie i don't know from what i hear uh it, it, yeah yeah i uh, think i think dc's on the path to really fuck up the torch passing with joker especially <laughs> they've already kind of bombed with jared leto not from what I hear, because he's bad, I've heard he's actually decent. But from not giving him the, the representation he actually needed to be in the movie, yeah. And now they have this other offshoot of '80s Gotham City, Martin Scorsese, Hangover Joker, with an origin story—the <laughs> exact thing you don't want to do with Joker. Uh, and that's going to be another torch passing moment. Wow, we still have another Joker. <laughs> what are you doing? Stop it! Yeah, uh, that's th- that's going to be an awful example. I'm sure, I'm sure it they'll be fine, and maybe I'm just drilling it too much. But it's going to be so awkward for audiences. They're going, they're not going to. It's not going to make sense. Uh, I'm going to put forward something that is going to be probably even more controversial than either of those torch passings. The minute, nay, the very second that Fox announces someone else playing Wolverine. Oh, that's going <laughs> to be tough. Oh, my God. It's going to be hard to replace Hugh Jackman. Uh, Especially after if Logan? They even do, you know. <laughs> Honestly, what I think they should do is just not touch him. Don't touch him. I would agree. This would be a you know damn opera. well yeah. that Disney is eventually going to buy back the rights. You're not going to hold on to them forever. Right. You're, you're just not, Fox. You're not going to be able to. Right. As strong as you think you are, once you release these Dark Phoenix movies and they all fucking bomb. <laughs> <laughs> granted, you have some good TV shows going on uh, 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 okay. with Legion and Gifted coming. Uh, uh, yeah, let, let's reserve judgment for Gifted just yet. <laughs> it hasn't come out yet, so that's fair. Yeah. But... Legion is great, though, as much don't, as I hate to admit it. Don't touch Wolverine. If Hugh Jackman doesn't want to be a part, don't don't touch it. Just let it let it go. Give it some time to breathe so people can let the memory of Hugh Jackman fade a little bit. I mean, the way he went out, I mean, you got to <laughs> give people time, man. Oh. people are going to riot in the fucking streets if, <laughs> if you screw up Wolverine. Oh, yeah, in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the the last example, like of an actual torch passing, 
going well would be uh, the, hmm. trying to think of one that actually happened. Not Ninja maybe. Turtles. Not Ninja Turtles. It was awful. For <laughs> yeah, for damn sure not Ninja Turtles. When when you make something like that and you make me say that the rubber suits were better, <laughs> you messed up. <laughs> you messed up bad. Yeah. Oh. That, uh, yeah, that they don't mi- need nose holes. <laughs> they don't Mm-mm. need digital nose holes. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, they can breathe through their mouths. Ugh. That's just fine. Uh, but uh, what was one that was really good? Um, and this one, it just took me a second to think of it. The Flash, specifically from John Wesley Ship. All the way down the line to Grant Gustin. Yeah, it took. Granted, all... that was a lot of time. <laughs> it it was a and lot of he, time. He made the appearance as Daddy Dearest. Oh so. yeah, it, like he still shows up on that show. Yeah, uh, that is a really good example of how to do it. Mm-hmm. Is like the, even bringing like the previous guy back to do a, a different role. Yeah, it, it, they handled that very well. They yes. they blew it out of the park, and Flash in general blows it out of the park. So oh yeah, Grant Gustin's great. And it's they make a, they made a great show. That being said, we but that, <laughs> there's still the movie Flash, <laughs> right? That we have that, to deal with, right? That brings me to Ezra Miller. He has in his shiny suit. <laughs> he has one chance to take that weird looking cosplay getup that they gave him and not fuck this up yeah. also and it's not even his movie oh yeah he's, no he's an auxiliary character on the side trying to make a voice for himself as flash while a very good te- television show featuring grant gustin flash exists with yeah. a costume that kind of looks better <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's weird because they have this version of the Flash saying that he's Barry Allen, but acting like classic Wally West. Yeah. So it, it's ugh. it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be. We'll see. I hope. I hope for the best. I always have my fingers crossed that they're gonna pull it out and fix everything, and they're gonna be okay. In Joss Whedon, I trust. But <laughs> the thing is, he didn't film the movie. He did reshoots. <laughs> he did reshoots for a terrible, <laughs> terrible initial shooting. <laughs> That's true. And a cyborg that was too dark. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the characters we made dark, cyborg? Oh. Oh, this universe is so out of touch. I I would have rather they take uh, Carrie Payton, the guy who's been voicing cyborg for years, (laughs) and just actually just de-age the shit out of him. He's not he's not even that old but it's like make him look like a teenager and maybe get rid of some of that CG, I don't know. Uh, yes. It's like it, it's so gross. I again anytime I mention anytime I think of Cyborg in any kind of live action representation, I just say take what they did from Injustice. Specifically in this case Injustice 2 because what they have him wearing 
it's something that looks like you could just have someone yeah. wear that. And most cyborgs in the comics, well, the most recent one's an exception, I think, because of the movie. But most cyborgs have not been just like scrawny, fucking like deer stalker, fucking <laughs> <laughs> looking robot man with basically some flesh on his skull and an eyeball, and that's it. <laughs> like most versions of cyborg have been, you know. Mostly human with some, like, extra, you know, extremities and stuff from his accident or whatever. Right. You know? And it looks reasonable. Right. Uh, Like, this is a character that should have looked something close to, like, RoboCop, but maybe a bit amped up. Mm -hmm. And not the CG mess. Yeah. And you gotta remember, it's his father that repairs him. It's his father that makes him into a cyborg to save his life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his father wouldn't want to be like, eh, fuck him. We'll give you a little bit of skin and an eyeball so you can think you're human. Like, I don't think it works. That's not Cyborg. That's not the character, man. Uh, yeah. He's a really cool original character, and you're just making him <laughs> to this dark, humorless, I am a robot, but am I a man? I don't know. Am I still who I think I am? I don't know. I'm part man, part machine. I see everything, but feel nothing. (laughs) I feel like he's going to be, like, even less human looking and acting than fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator. Who, spoilers for Terminator 2, great movie, see it. My favorite action movie. Probably my favorite movie, period. He learns to be human. From his... He's so good in that movie. Oh, he's he was built for that movie. He was he's literally literally built for that movie from metal, <laughs> metal and brawn, metal uh, and brawn. Uh, but uh, yeah. Are there any other examples you can think of? Um, I, I'm really looking to DC for a lot of this. I mean, I'll cause... I'll say the Tim Burton to Val Kilmer, even though the Val Kilmer movie wasn't that great. The transition from uh, Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer was pretty seamless. Like, yeah. as a kid, I didn't even notice it was a different person. It wasn't until I was almost an adult, like an older teenager, I was like, oh, yeah, these are different people. <laughs> I didn't even realize. It's like Batman Forever, that had Michael Keaton. No. They both kind of had the curly hair going at the time, and they yeah. both kind of made that kind of kissy face like that, when they were in yeah, their they, they both bruce tended, wayne face they tended to pout yeah they the, pouted a lot that little like sucking on the <laughs> asshole face you know <laughs> you know yes that face <laughs> <laughs> what i like to call old bruce wayne face but then it was awful when they transitioned to clooney because he looked nothing like the previous ones it came right after val kilmer and it did not make sense. The movie was bad. <laughs> Comically bad, at least. At least we can enjoy it and laugh at it. But Yeah, that, like it'd be one thing if they did that and it wasn't that well of a transition. Yeah. And it was still a good movie. Yeah. So, this was not a good it was, movie. It was not. I mean, even, oh. even the first Amazing Spider-Man was a good movie, I would say. But yeah. it came so soon after Spider-Man 3, I was just like, ugh, this feels gross. I can't enjoy this. Like... Right. Uh, it, it feels like Tobey Maguire should still be here. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> 30-something Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. How old is he now? 
Old enough to be Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that, that's that's my take on torch passing. All right. Well, for my topic, I thought we should, uh, since we've been talking about TV a lot, especially DC's streaming service for Titans. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> which I was ho- thought was going to be on TNT, but it's not. Uh <clears throat> I thought we could discuss TV series from the comics we would like to see be made into something. Oh. Uh, we've, we've already talked about Miller World being bought up, so maybe those will be TV shows. Maybe those will be movies for Netflix. Obviously, Marvel has a million Netflix shows in addition to uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on, what is it, Fox? Uh, that is on ABC. ABC. Um, since that Disney, makes sense. Disney, Disney yeah. Yeah, owns that. <clears throat> and then DC is all sorts of fucked up with uh, Gotham, Supergirl, <laughs> Flash, Arrow. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. I always forget that one. Um, there's another one. What am I thinking of? Titans coming. Used to be Constantine. Hashtag save Constantine. Hashtag save Constantine. Show so Bring good. it back. Oh, I, I think they made a critical mistake with their... TV outlets because they literally pretty much gave every channel its own. They gave CW Arrow. They gave <clears throat> CBS, I think it was, or NBC. NBC. It, no, it was CBS for Supergirl. CBS for Supergirl. I'm thinking of Constantine. It was yeah. NBC. NBC on a uh, Friday. Really? Yeah. And Gosh. then, uh, what's the one I'm forgetting? Gotham's on Fox. So they literally just said, here, each of you get your own. Do what you want. <laughs> And it was fine. And it, to be fair, most of them have been good. I mean, I haven't watched Supergirl. I can't speak to that. Constantine was really good. Gotham started good when they focused on Jim Gordon. Yes. The moment they started making it all about this fucking kid, <laughs> that's that's when everything went down the toilet. Uh, uh, yeah. That, that the kid is not that be- good an actor, and he's not that interesting. When they were focusing on Jim Gordon struggling to do this job in the city that's crime-ridden, and just corrupt up to the core, and him interacting with Bullock, and him trying to keep his marriage together with his wife, and him having to step outside the normal boundaries of morality in order to just survive as a cop in Gotham City. That was supposed to be the story. It was excellent. It was really good, those first few episodes of the first season. Then they just totally went off the rail, and they started trying to force the Batman stuff down everybody's throat and make this kid and the... (laughs) selena kyle kid have their little side stories that became the main stories i mean the guy they got for jim gordon i can't remember his name right now but he is really good yeah really good as jim gordon as a young jim gordon and they just fucked that up so bad they they, given uh, joker an origin story and just they they shat on him they really they they had something really good going yeah Uh, that sucks what happened to gotham so there's a few examples out there already of uh, TV shows and movies coming from comics, but I think there's a few that aren't represented yet. We, Smallville is probably one of the best ones. That was, that was the one that really kicked off a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, sm- people. <laughs> I mean, people forget about Smallville already, but Smallville went on forever. People <laughs> were watching. It went on for ten years. People were watching that show religiously (laughs) for you know an entire generation basically yeah it it was pretty good i mean it was cw so it was kind of like romantic drama for everything but uh (laughs) yeah yeah it it was it was really good it was a cool take on superman you know yeah that Uh, i i thought it 
I, I, think li- the, I think the guy that played Superman in Smallville should be the next Superman. He should have. He's he, he, he really should have. He's already in the mindset. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, just, just let him do cut it. Cut his hair. Yeah, <laughs> don't give him the like boy band haircut anymore. It'll be great. Yeah, just give him classic Superman S curl. Yeah. Um, when uh, Henry Cavill has to uh, abandon ship on the Snyderverse stuff, <laughs> you know, as I'm sure he will. Yeah, if it's more important to him to keep his mustache, <laughs> this should tell you something about yeah. his vote of confidence his, in this his entire mission thing. Mission Impossible mustache <laughs> can't be bothered to do reshoots. So, yeah, it's probably not a good sign. Yeah, my God. Uh, I'll name my most prominent example that comes to mind for me is a DC comic that came out during the New 52 called Gotham by Midnight. Ooh. And Gotham by Midnight, if you haven't read it, you should definitely try to pick it up, either digitally or physically, if you can find it. Gotham by Midnight is a very, very cool concept uh, around Jim Corrigan, who is the host of the Spectre, hmm. who's this big, basically oh. godly, supernatural being that just comes out when it wants to and fucking destroys everything. <laughs> because uh, he's the Spectre. But he is basically a detective for a portion of the Gotham Police Department that is seen as kind of a joke, the paranormal unit. Yeah. And they're seen as kind of a uh, a joke. And the story is told from the frame of mind of an inspector who goes to their unit because uh. they think it's a fraudulent unit that's just sucking money out of the, the, <laughs> the city for nothing, you know? Of course. Because, you know, obviously you got to believe this stuff is happening in the first place for there to be some kind of paranormal unit. Right. And there's literally only, like, five people in the department. There's a nun. (laughs) There's Jim Corrigan. Uh, I think Uh. there's a few assistants. I can't remember their names. It's been a while since I read it. It was maybe three years, three or four years since I last read one. Yeah. But this story was amazing, and it... It was written by uh, Ray Fox and drawn by uh, Ben Templesmith. And it just had such a cool and creepy art style and had such great writing. And, like, I feel like if they didn't want to pick up Constantine again and give it another another shot in some way, shape, or form, what they could do is go to Netflix or, say, Amazon Prime or something and pitch Gotham by Midnight which was awesome. And if you have Gotham in the title, you're going to draw Batman fans regardless. Oh, yeah, immediately. And it was just so cool and so creepy and so original to have this inspector believing to the core that these guys were frauds and that they were just <laughs> sucking money out of the department and yeah. out of the city. And he he gets tossed into the supernatural world he is not ready for. <laughs> and he, he's just following Jim Corrigan do all these things and go toe-to-toe with Blackwater and all these different, you Does know, supernatural. Ever, ever show up in that? Uh, I think they had Justice League Dark at the same time, and yeah. I think the Justice League Dark characters m- mostly stayed separate. I didn't finish the whole run because I got busy. I, I, I own them, so I should probably go back to it. But uh, I think Constantine makes an appearance once. He shows up in Gotham. And I'm sure Edrigan probably does at some point. But for the most part, the stuff they dealt with was more like ghostly stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think Dead Man shows up at one point. 
I was going to say, for like for anything ghostly, Dead Man would make sense. Yeah. So most of it surrounds like trying to figure out what what these greater mysteries are. They only work at night, obviously. <laughs> of course. Uh, Got them by midnight. <laughs> they stay out of the public eye as much as possible, which is why this inspector is like, why is this department here? Why are we wasting this money? And they work out of this little dinky, dank apartment, you know. <laughs> it was really good and had oh. really cool writing and... Really cool character interactions, and it was just fun be- being the guy, being a normal guy, like witnessing all this stuff and like freaking out because <laughs> he went in there and he has to write a report about all this <laughs> to the city and somehow convince them that truly this department is needed, you know? Yeah. So it's really fun, really cool, really comical, and really creepy. I mean, it's another comic besides Mr. Miracle that has given me goosebumps on more than one occasion. So Oh shit. I would I think that would be perfect for a TV show. Oh. And you could have all the cameos you want. Yes. I mean and for characters that aren't really recognized as much. And you could put them in the public mindset before you introduce your next DC universe or something, you know? Right. So that would be a perfect way to get people to like think about these characters again absolutely like, it'd be sweet to see like a live action boston brand yeah who's just basically like... uh what's his name from the movie ghost patrick swayze yeah <laughs> so i mean they could have very easily just you know put it in the gotham universe if they wanted to you know and i think oh, yeah how they were trying to make gotham into a gotham pd made into a tv show uh, they could also do that with Gotham by Midnight and make it into a TV show. Yes, All please. you have to do is not force Batman down everybody's throat. You <laughs> yes. Know? Batman sells, I get it, but he ruins TV shows. <laughs> he ruined Smallville. <laughs> he ruined Gotham. Specifically, did, this did fucking Did Batman kid. ever show up in Smallville? At the very end. At the, the very end, you meet Bruce Wayne and a bunch of other Justice Leaguers like Aquaman and Green <sighs> Arrow and all these other ones. Of course. Red Tornado. Of course. All these people show up. So, uh, You know, there is such a thing as a DC story that doesn't have Batman in it. <laughs> I <laughs> just want to say that to these executives. Yeah. So that, that would be my first example. Do you have any that you can think of? Um... I was going to say Runaways, but they're actually doing that. Yeah. I was going to say Cloak and Dagger, but they're actually they're doing, doing that. that. Hulu? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Cloak and Dagger is well, freeform. Lo- Lock and Key is what I'm thinking of. Lock yeah. and Key is on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's one? Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be better as a movie. I don't know if people could handle that as a TV show. I, I think that here's the way to do a character like that for a movie. Mm. I mean, I know you yeah. like Legion. I haven't watched Legion yet. And yeah. Legion would make sense because he's kind of crazy too, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this character also being kind of nuts and having a theme for an Egyptian moon god. Um, this could be a character who you don't see a lot of him in costume. Yeah. You don't see a lot of him in costume. Uh what you would do in this case is show a lot of it at night. Uh, a lot of it where people like see like a cape, like being like dragged like into an alleyway yeah. or you, you hear or see someone getting beaten 
nearly half to death. Uh, And then you see, like, or you hear something that sounds like a caped person, like, running away off in the distance. And uh, it's all dark. Like, (laughs) like it's all done in the dark. And it would be from... I would actually probably take a Gotham season one approach to it, where it's more about the the people having to deal with this character mm-hmm. than about the character who's basically off-brand Batman yeah. himself. Um, oh, another shout out to Gotham season one. Jada Pickett Smith killed it. She yeah. was awesome. She she Continue. was great. Um, <laughs> uh, I think a better idea. Well, any idea is better than. Inhumans. Um, I think a, a better show idea on Marvel's side would be Nick Fury. Okay, I can see it. Would you it, still do Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think him in particular, it'd be expensive as all get out oh, because yeah. it's no, Samuel L. Jackson. No way, that wouldn't cost millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. But uh, Samuel L. Jackson as basically a general, like a secret behind-the-scenes general having to deal with and deploy, and in some rare occasions, go into a field himself. I think it'd be cool if he was kind of like a House of Cards character. Yes. Since he is such a a top-level figure. Yeah. If you just saw him, like, doing some really... questionable stuff you know to maintain power and maintain his status you know to government officials and stuff like that you know yeah he would definitely be the the frank underwood you see manipulating superheroes and stuff like that you know yeah maybe trying to manipulate tony stark or something you know yeah we could have something like a secret war where he basically either convinces or blackmails a bunch of superheroes to take over a foreign country that's being ruled by a supervillain. Yeah. That could work. Are you going for a Doctor Doom drop here? <laughs> Is that what you're fishing for? Um, I'd like to say Doctor Doom, but they don't have the rights yet. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever do, which hopefully soon, if uh, Stan Lee is to be believed, um, it, it would be nice. I have two. One you're probably going to beat yourself up for. Oh, yeah. Neither of them are DC or Marvel. Okay. First one, Invincible. I think Invincible is the most obvious, easy candidate for a TV show beyond the one I mentioned already, Gotham by Midnight. Um, but yeah uh, yeah tv show tv show would work i'd watch but that much like the walking dead you could have a syndicated tv show that yeah. tells the whole story and it's almost ended so yeah. you don't have to worry about not having an ending you know like yeah but some shows that are very popular <laughs> game of thrones <laughs> just making shit up as you go <laughs> oh we don't have it he didn't finish the book yet all right put another sex scene with his cousin <laughs> that'll hold him we're we're just going to assume that this is how he was going to end things and just <laughs> go with that. Yeah. So Invincible, I think, is a very, very obvious, easy one. And the second one I would go with is something we talked about during our video game discussion. Fables. Ooh. We've already proved that the concept works with Once Upon a Time, which is a very popular and fun show. And yeah. also grim. Yeah. 
grim um what's the supernatural yeah supernatural dives into it sometimes yeah or at least they did for the first few seasons yeah we already have several examples of it working well and i think fables would be perfect as a noir kind of detective tv show where you're following bigsby the wolf oh yeah and dealing with all these you know fairy tale creatures trying to keep them a secret and you know in new york city oh know? yeah and having to while maintaining their secrecy also maintain their lives and make sure they're not killing each other like they did in the old days and stuff and try right maybe make a storyline where they're trying to figure out how to get home kind of kind of like once upon a time i guess yeah but uh, there's a lot of things you could do with it and you could approach it from many directions you already have a good example with uh, uh wolf among us season one and season two which is coming soon uh, from Telltale Games, you already have examples from Once Upon a Time and Grimm and uh, <clears throat> um, Supernatural. Uh, I think that would be very easy. That's from Vertigo there. That would be very easy to adapt. And you know damn well DC Industries would be like, fuck. Yeah. What do you, What will you pay us? Go ahead. Take it. It's all yours. Yeah. You know. Uh, kind of in that same vein... Is a book series that recently became a comic book series, uh, The Dresden Files. Yeah, you always talk about The Dresden Files. Yep. I still uh, need to read them. Yeah, it, it's great. If, if you like a uh, detective who, well, he's a wizard first, detective second. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like a Chicago asshole having to deal with a bunch of other supernatural assholes, <laughs> this story is the book for you. Yeah. But, so, but yeah, it would be kind of in that same vein. Are there any other big examples you could think of? I mean, X Men would be obvious it, if some if they had decent rights and they didn't have to stay in this Fox universe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it, you have so many X Men, you could frame a story around. You know. Oh uh, yeah. And Every could, week could be a different guy. You know. Yeah, and that's why they'd be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly love from. Marvel side of things, uh, I would love for them to do a TV show about uh, Shang Chi. I have no idea who that is. He's basically Marvel's Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah, and by Bruce Lee, I mean actually Asian. Iron <laughs> Fist, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, blonde curly hair and blue eyes wasn't enough for you? Oh, uh, yeah, mm. no, no, we, we need more of that. Um, <laughs> uh, Shang-Chi is a really great character that uh, you could use as, he's just a guy that knows martial arts really well. Yeah. And he he's cleaning up the streets. Just basically make him in a, you know, a UFC fighter. That just gets bored. Uh, it, yeah. 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 Right. It's like you could give him the backstory of, uh, yeah, the, some of his family got tangled with the triads. Or th- there's a new, like, drug being pushed in town, and some of his, like, martial arts students are getting caught up in it. Yeah. Or the hand has shown up <laughs> again, and yeah. uh, he needs to take them out with his martial arts toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's... There's a lot that could be done with that character, and Marvel really needs an Asian main character. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. Um, uh, well, to be... Not that DC more, has done any better, really. Right. To be more precise, Marvel needs an Asian main character that already exists in the comics. Yeah. <laughs>
cosplay. Uh, excuse me. This week's cosplayer of the week is David Harbour, featuring his awesome Hellboy costume. Oh, no, wait. That's just the guy playing Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, we didn't have a cosplayer of the week because uh, we had to scramble to get this done. So uh, look at David Harbour and be amazed at how good he looks and how much like Ron Perlman he looks. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Remember, if you'd like to be featured on our cosplayer of the week segment, you can submit your cosplay picture to our Twitter at HTBVids and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash forward slash hit the books i cannot speak today i apologize folks uh please do not submit other people's work yeah whatever you do make sure it's your own uh well folks that wraps up another mediocre edition of hit the books podcast i want to thank you all for sticking with us if you like what you hear be sure to hit like and subscribe down below and follow us on podcast services and social networks we uh finally got the rights to our website back from our previous host and uh i'd say within Maybe two weeks, maybe less, probably a week. I'll try to have it up by the next podcast. We'll have our podcasting platform up. We'll have our RSS feed to Stitcher and probably SoundCloud and iTunes. So you guys can listen on the go on your phones or whatever, which is my preferred method. Uh, But we do appreciate your support on YouTube because that'll allow us to eventually monetize it, hopefully, so we can at least recover some of the money we've been spending on this passion project. Right. So, uh, Thanks again for listening, folks. We're on Twitter at HTBVids. We're on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emory Saunders. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.